Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Jack Hodgins. Today we'll be discussing the well-being of those in small business during COVID. We are talking to Michael Cardamoni, the owner of the West Melbourne-based Italian restaurant Emiconi. Emiconi is family-run and has been serving generations of customers since 1960. Hello, Michael, and welcome to the program. Thank you, my friend. What is the importance of small business to Australian society? Well, small business employs the most amount of people in our economy, basically, and it's the backbone of, uh, of the economy. And do you think they've been getting a fair go? Well, not, not, not really, because um, small business, you know, um, relies on, on us providing the goods and services that um, Australia and, you know, the, the public um, delivers on a daily, daily basis. And have you seen it change over time, say, since you first started? Well, you know, over the years, I've, I've actually, you know, been the owner of Amaconis in the last 39 years. So the previous owners were the actual Amaconi family, who are my son's godparents. Um, the, the old adage is, you know, the harder you work, the more you made. Well, the, the, that um, theory doesn't um, relate any longer. Let's talk a bit about the story of the restaurant. How long has it been in the family? Okay, the restaurant started in 1960 under the uh, Amaconi restaurant or the Amaconi family um, banner. Uh, the the family uh, ran it for about 21, 22 years, and uh, I bought the restaurant back in 1982 with my brother. Um, so it's nearly been 39 years uh, that uh, the, the restaurant has been operating. Um, 13 years ago, two of my six chefs um, had been working with me as apprentices since, uh, for about 25 years. They became um, uh, partners, so my my brother had left um, many many years ago, and uh, the two boys who were my my chefs became my partners, um, and it's very successful in the in that um, I've seen a lot of restaurants come and go, um, but we've sort of maintained our uh, following, um, and you know we're now looking at uh, four generations of. Uh, Clients coming through from you know um, the grandfather who's in the eighties and nineties right down to the uh, fifteen sixteen year old. So yeah, it's a for us or for me it's a, it's a success story in that um, we've been able to maintain our um, clientele. It sounds like you have a loyal following then. Yes, we have. We have. Um, it's uh, I think in in, in 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 the way I look at my industry is that. Um, you have to love what you do and do it with passion. And the friendships that um, you uh, nurture over the years is your reward. Um, at the age of 30, I, I was actually um, a, a, I'm a CPA by, by profession. And uh, at the age of 30, I decided that um, behind a desk um, doing tax returns wasn't my um, idea of, uh, of life for the next 30 years. So um, I ended up... Um, Looking at in the industries where I could um, export my my skills, and um, I thought, you know, I'm a people person, so um, I think uh, the restaurant game and and the passion for food, being Italian, um, was hand in hand. Yeah. And how has COVID changed your business? Have you experienced a loss of trade or profit of any kind? Well, the thing is, our business is doing very well. But the only problem is that every lockdown, you know, we lose. Um, Profit basically, and um, and with the last couple of lockdowns, um, 
I, 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 I um, compensate. I sympathise with my my staff because um, you know they're they're used to you know getting a pay packet every week, and hence you know they can pay off their uh, mortgages and you know all the government charges that you know that you incur and the council charges you incur. Um, and you know they they tend to you know struggle because they you know they they're, they're trying to um, survive. And many other industries, you know, like you know, people like in the public service, you know, um, accountants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they, they they tend to keep working via, you know, from home, etc. So they're getting paid, you know, whether there's a, a lockdown or not. So uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, it's 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 an unfair um, advantage overall. It means that there's you know there's a lot of money in the in the system or in in the uh, in the economy, and and, and I sort of. Um, Analyze the fact that you know property prices are going higher and higher, and I'm and I'm thinking, well, obviously you know people have got more money than they've ever had in other industries or in other mm. facets of society, and um, hence um, with the interest rates so low, and the fact that um, they're all getting paid fairly well in other industries, that um, housing prices will keep coming up, which takes which which. Um, Disadvantages um, people in hospitality and the entertainment industry because they're the two industries that are really been rocketed. Was your restaurant able to get government funding of any kind during any of the lockdowns? Yeah, we, look, we got some government funding, uh, but nowhere near the amount mm. of, uh, of 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 uh, loss of uh, profits that you know. Put it this way, I would rather not get any funding because because I would rather be open because it just it does it doesn't uh, correlate or compensate the losses that we occurred. I feel sorry for people that, you know, are paying rents on small businesses because, um, you know, landlords have also got to make an income. And I, I, and I see that, um, you know, governments of any, of any persuasion, you know, there's no cut to um, government charges like, you know, land tax, uh, rates, um, you know, they all keep rolling on, but, you know, there's no compensation or... or or dispensation for um, for those charges, even though you know the government tells you to lock down, but they don't compensate you for you know, all the other charges that are coming through. And I'm sure that in the future, governments will need to reimburse themselves for all the monies that are, have been spent. And um, I'm I'm sure that um, government charges are going to rise dramatically in the future. When the restrictions came in, what? In the restaurant, how it operated, like what process changed with that? The good thing that, in one way, was when JobKeeper was um, given, it enabled us to do takeaways because, I mean, takeaways, it's not a big um, money earner at all. In fact, you know, takeaways only basically got us out of the house and, and basically um, broke even in terms of, um, you know, the cost of operating. At least we didn't have to pay wages for staff when JobKeeper was in process, right? But with the last mm-hmm. couple of um, lockdowns, you know, where um, there was no JobKeeper, um, it's just not viable. And obviously, you know, the takeaway market is basically sort of burgers, pizza, um, some Asian-type cuisines. But generally speaking, um, uh, our cuisine, which is, you know, we're not pizza, we're the Italian, full-on Italian restaurant, that kind of food, when you put it in a takeaway format, just doesn't present well or taste well because by the time the customer receives the, um, the food, it, it, it keeps cooking and 
you know, on the bikes and the like, I'm sure that it becomes a bit of a muddle meal, and by the time uh, that they open it up, it just looks terrible. What could be done to better this situation overall? Do you have any ideas for solutions? Well, it's amazing. Like, I'm pretty anti um, those uh, Uber Eats type format mm. uh, menu. Like, I mean, they take up to you know thirty five percent of your um, sale. So you know, if someone spends a hundred dollars, um, they take thirty five dollars out of, out of your hundred dollars. Now, restaurants do not make thirty five percent profit on their product. And, you know, people are, you know, like, uh, struggling as it is, and these um, computer formats, um, basically, are middlemen who are ripping the, the guts out of uh, hospitality. What do you think should be done about, say, those Uber Eats and Manulog companies? Should the government take some kind of stand? Uh, well, well, you can't, because, you know, it's free enterprise. This is free enterprise. I mean, but I... Um, uh, tried it at one stage, many a couple of years, two or three years ago, and I, and I just um, decided no, it's just not worth it. I mean, if, if someone wants to take away, yeah, look, we'll do take away, but you know, pick it up. Um, we'll you know give you a bit of a discount on on the takeaway, but at least you're going to get the food in your hands, fresh from straight off the stove, and it will be home in five minutes. And at least you've got a product that. Um, it resembles what um, you would have in a normal restaurant situation. As we mentioned before, that you have a, a loyal following. Were there supportive people in the community during the pandemic? Yes, they are. Look, I mean, I'm so blessed that um, you know the customers are uh, when they do ring up uh, and, and basically um, they're just saying, "Look, I'm ringing up because I'm, I want to support you because you know you've uh, given us great service over the years, and we don't want you to basically go broke because." Um, you're not getting the clientele. So, I mean, as I said, I'm probably one of the lucky ones in the industry that has a good loyal following. Did you have to innovate in any way to keep the business alive? Well, we're pretty much old school. I just think, you know, we've always said, you know, look, every day you come in, do your best. Our menu is not restricted. In other words, you know, customers can change anything on the menu. As long as we've got the, the product, um, our, our chefs are amazing. They they can basically um, format anything people like, you know. And, and now, this day and age, you know, people are gluten free. Um, they're, they're vegans. They're vegetarians. They're pescatarians. I mean, there's so many formats now, but um, we'll com- accommodate any demand that um, or any request that customers have. Which a lot of places, you know, tend to be a bit more um, rigid in their um, Demand, you know, the customer is, is coming to um, to buy a product, and, and I think um, they should get what they want, not what the restaurant or the operator thinks is uh, what they can get. So that connection you have with your your customers, do you think that the internet era has affected that overall for small businesses? Because do you think that that that's not as strong as it once was? Yeah, it's true. Well, we'll see, um, the younger generation, I mean, they're so used to um, using media, or well, not media, uh, social media and ordering things and, and, and just getting everything done. I mean, um, they would rather um, email me a, a request rather than ring up and, and talk to me directly. You've rung me this morning and we're closed. I have my 
mobile phone re-diverted from my restaurant. I, I have my phone on 24-7, seven days a week. Even when we're closed on a Sunday or even in the middle of the night, I, I sometimes get calls from um, overseas for a booking for someone else, but they're ringing me in the middle of the night. I'll take the, the call and, and take the booking, um, even though I'm not at the restaurant, out of hours. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that likes to talk to people rather than reading emails uh, and trying to respond via email. At the end of the day, people forget we're in hospitality. Hospitality, the word, means, you know, to be hospitable. Something that came to my mind just is it, it sounds like the backbone of small business is to be passionate and to love what you do, and it sounds like if we were to kind of lose that in society and go towards the big companies, we'd really lose the passionate people and the people that love what they're doing. Well, the, the, this is the problem with, with, with uh, I see with hospitality. I've, I've uh, noticed at a couple of places that I've visited, um, the waiter doesn't actually take an order. What they do is they say, oh, our menu is on, on our um, website and on your phone, you will then order through your uh, phone what you want. So a waiter no longer takes your order. So a waiter is basically a, a, a cleaner-up or a, 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 what I used to call a busboy, um, where they basically drop the food down on the table because you've ordered it, and they come up and clear the table. They actually not there to um, take any orders. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, in future, I can see, you know, the elimination of a lot of staff in hospitality who are there to um, assist and, and, you know, uh, cater to your needs. So the, the younger generation thinks that, you know, everything can be done on, on a mobile phone, which is crazy. I suppose also, if you think about with the pandemic too, I mean, that's seen a rise in digital use too. So perhaps that has also made that, as you say, a bit worse. That... Well, people, people are are not uh, face-to-face communicating. And uh, uh, and it's sad because, um, you know, uh, there's nothing like uh, looking at a person face-to-face and discussing or talking or becoming friends, you know? Like, I mean, it's, there's this um, disparity in the way we communicate now. It, it's, it's, and it's all short, short sentences on a mobile phone. How do you see the effects of the pandemic affecting the long-term future of the business? I've now, you know, swung this way. I think that if I was allowed to allow customers only who had been vaccinated, I would be more than happy to say, look, in future, if you haven't had your vaccine, your double dose of vaccine, I can't take your booking or I can't get you in because, I mean, I believe that, you know, until you've got a huge herd immunity present, I mean... We, you can't keep opening and closing little restaurants or little cafes. And uh, you know, I sympathise with all the entertainment industry, you know, where, you know, a lot of these actors and, and singers and dancers, there's no work for them. And, you know, I think, you know, there's time now that if you haven't been vaccinated, you can't become part of um, the, the general society. I just think it's, it's now time, you know, it's proven that the, the, the vaccine does work, you know. But, you know, I mean, we've got a vaccine. Let's use it. Swamp that area with vaccine rather than try and close the whole state or the whole country. Do you think we should do COVID passports? Yes, absolutely.
absolutely. And I think in general, I mean, that then becomes the norm. So I'm sure we're going to get other viruses coming through in the future. I mean, we, we, this is a world problem. This isn't just, you know, an Australian problem. Um, I mean, I, I look at the way, you know, Europe's opening up and America's opening up. I mean, obviously, are we smarter than them or I don't know? Sometimes I wonder. How do you see the pandemic affecting the future of the hospitality business? At present, it, it is a culling effect. In fact, you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if probably 30, 40% of the hospitality venues will not reopen. The other problem with the pandemic is that um, a lot of people are now moving out of our industry. I mean, um, I'm blessed that I have, you know, six all-time chefs that work for me, but um, and they're all kids that have done their apprenticeship through me. So, I mean, I've basically allowed a build-up of staff that are born and bred in that Amakoni style. But a lot of um, people are moving out of hospitality into, you know, the building industry or the public service, et cetera, et cetera, because they, they don't see a future in hospitality long term because of these um, constant um, lockdowns. And also, you know, I mean, because we a lot of hospitality positions were uh, from overseas um, students who sort of bridged the gap um, in, in hospitality, um, a lot of these students have now gone back home. I mean, the other thing uh, which I'm um, paired off with is that um, in, in hospitality and, and a lot of industries, a, a lot of uh, students um, can um, stay here on student visas. Well, you know, so and, and being a student visa, you can only work 20 hours a week. Now, mm. that's great, but um, with 20 hours a week, the student um, fees are nearly doubled what the normal fees are for an Australian resident, and with 20 hours a week, they have to feed themselves, pay school fees, uh, pay for transport, etc. and on 20 hours a week, you can't sustain that. And I think that's something where the governments have got to start uh, looking at, because, they are, because we need that kind of uh, professional staff, which are from overseas anyway, um, and, and it, it means that, you know, um, kids are moving out of that industry and, and going to other industries, so it's harder and harder to get staff. Something you mentioned there too was that people are starting to see hospitality, possibly due to the pandemic, as a not quite a as good career to go into because it's just been so hard to make a dollar with entertainment too. It's it's it, that's been a lot of these companies that they just can't survive because to make a dollar you actually have to provide the services and the entertainment industry has been almost wiped out and. Hospitality has been suffering too, and it's it's a really sad thing to see in society. I think because it's so important. Well, it is. It is, and uh, you know, if if you're hospitality minded, I mean, you know, you're trying to build a business, uh, but you can't get the staff. I mean, uh, obviously, um, computer formats become the, the way of um, bridging the gap. I mean, um, you know, put it this way: true hospitality is when people are actually cooking uh, products from raw material to the plate and where someone comes in and recommends, you know, um, the type of wine or type of beer you're going to drink, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's hospitality. These other formats of, um, of food distribution are, are basically vending machine type mentality where, you know, you walk in and it's, you know, in three minutes, you know, you've got a burger or you've got a, a you know, a bowl of chips. You know, I mean, that's, that's not hospitality. And obviously, you know, the pandemic doesn't affect them because... Um, 
they're there to sort of, you know, take the way format that hospitality has, has prospered. Um, but it's not the format that, say, a true restaurant hospitality venue should be. What would you say to perhaps the younger generation that's maybe looking at going to hospitality, knowing that the situation at the moment isn't the greatest for hospitality, but what would you say to them if they... Would you say to them perhaps it's to be strong and to keep going because it's so important? Yeah, look, I think if, if you want to be a, a good chef, yeah, look, I, I think, you know, become the best chef. Uh, you know, you know, really, you know, focus on, on your career. The one thing from, you know, over the, you know, the 40-odd years that I've noticed that when I first started, becoming a waiter was a profession. And in fact, you know, places like William English, you know, had courses for being waiters, etc. Um, no one says today, I want to become a professional waiter. It's not a profession any longer. It's a sort of a part-time job in between, you know, becoming a, a pilot or something. It, it's not the the, um, the the profession that most people will aspire to. Sounds like it's a bit of a lost art. Well, it is, it is. I mean, if you're... Uh, because a good waiter, you know, knows basically how, you know, food is cooked, how it's cooked, what's in the, the menu, um, knows their wine, and also has, I suppose, a, a, a good smile to life. I mean, uh, you know, you've got to be a happy person because, you know, a customer that comes in doesn't want someone who just says, what would you like? Thank you. Go. And then, oh, here's the bill. or oh, here's the food. And, I'm, and, and that's it. I mean, you know, a good waiter can really make your business successful because people will always go back to a place that were made happy. What would be the take-home from this interview you'd want people to remember the most? Um, just remember that, that small hospitality venues survive on their patronage uh, and governments should not only look after the small businesses and industries but also the little blokes that are husbands and wives who have mortgaged their houses and mortgaged their life because in small business, we don't work a 38-hour-a-week, right? We, we live it seven days a week. We have to do the paperwork, you know. We have to be counsellors. We're, we're sort of um, what small businesses have got departments to do things. We, we are the department for everything. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective with us today, Michael. We appreciate you taking the time. No problem. I, I'm, I'm glad I could voice my opinion, which is uh, that's a great part of Australia, isn't it? My guest today was Michael Cardamoni, owner of the West Melbourne-based Italian restaurant Amaconi. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Hodgins, and all of us at Wellbeing wish you well.